1: Hello there and welcome back to another episode of This Song Is Yours. I'm Simon Fink, your sonic storyteller, and today we've got a special treat for you. It's the one and only Brian Seller, frontman extraordinaire of the New Jersey folk punk band, The Front Bottoms. Now get ready because The Front Bottoms are gearing up for their triumphant return to Australia this April, armed with their latest sonic offering, You Are Who You Hang Out With. It is their eighth studio record, and let me tell you, it's nothing short of a musical masterpiece. Now, in today's episode, we're catching up with Brian to chat about the band's highly anticipated comeback Down Under and, of course, the age-old tradition of the shoey. We'll also be diving deep into the creative process behind their latest record, exploring how they pushed the boundaries and experimented with their sound this time around. We'll also be pulling back the curtain on Brian's songwriting techniques, uncovering the stories behind these new songs and getting an insider's look at the magic that fuels the Front Bottoms signature sound. Now we want to give a massive shout out to Thomas for helping orchestrate today's interview so whether you're a die-hard Front Bottoms fan or just discovering their music for the first time we're going to dive deep into the world of the band today. Before we do however Please make sure you subscribe to This Song Is Yours on your favorite podcast platform. Keep up with us on social media and see what guests we have coming up. All the details are waiting for you in today's show notes. So thank you for joining us once again. And let's get into our conversation with Brian Seller from The Front Bottoms. The you. You feel better, that's the
0: point.
1: To, this song is yours from the Front Bottoms, Brian Seller. Brian, hello. How are you going? Hey,
0: how's it going? Yeah, very good. Very good.
1: <laughs> um, where are we? Where are we chatting to today? Whereabouts are we finding you in the world?
0: Uh, we are in New Jersey at my house.
1: Beautiful. How is it in New Jersey in at this time of year? Actually, it's
0: pretty crappy
1: to be honest. It's
0: cold and dreary.
1: That is not ideal. I can imagine it's, yeah, probably not a lot of fun.
0: No, it's not a lot of fun, but I've been in a hot tub. I've been, I got a hot tub, so I've been
1: chilling in a hot tub. So that's okay. <laughs> Look, I feel like that makes most situations better. I feel like most things are improved by by a hot tub being present. Um, Brian, thank you very much for joining us from New Jersey. It's an incredibly kind of exciting time because you are going to be trading in some of that weather for some some hotter Australian weather come April and coming back to to join us here in Australia.
0: I cannot wait, man. I'm so excited.
1: <laughs> I know that we're looking forward to having you back. I think it has been a few years since we've seen you and I know that this is a huge run of shows. I think some of these venues are, are much bigger upgrades than, than the last tour. Um, I guess, firstly, do you have any kind of core memories of those, those previous Australian tours.
0: Absolutely. I mean, definitely a lot of really, really fantastic memories. Um, I'm trying to think, but I think it was like 2017 or 2018. The last time we were there, Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember doing some shoeies on stage. Um, (laughs) You know, I just remember the shows being like a lot of really good energy and um, just having a lot of
1: fun we weirdly do have an obsession with the shui so i apologize for that but also if you do enjoy it then um i'm glad that we can help (laughs) facilitate that it does seem like an odd tradition that our country has
0: i didn't know if like people were just messing around with me and like because i was doing them on stage like every night and like get everybody's cheering me on and stuff and then i like in my head i was like oh man like I hope I don't look like an idiot on stage. Like, I know I looked like an idiot anyway, but I was just like, I hope this isn't like just (laughs) something they tell, like, you know, people that come over here. They're like, yeah, drink a beer out of your shoe. But it is a real thing. You're telling me it's, you guys do it over there regularly.
1: It is a, it is, for whatever reason, it is a real thing. People celebrating any kind of occasion, it's it's liquid into the shoe. <laughs> well, we look forward to to choosing a shoe with you when you come down yes. and join us. I'm I'm very excited. I know a lot of people are um, for this tour. It is in support of um last year's brilliant You Are Who You Hang Out With. It is um firstly, congratulations on this record. It's it's a brilliant record.
0: Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. I, I feel like, you know, we we worked really hard on it and I am very proud of it.
1: Of course, and as you should be. I know this is, um, I think it was the eighth studio record for yourself and the band. I wonder, do nerves still come into play at all for you guys these days when you're releasing new music, or is it kind of, you're, you're used to it now, it's kind of like old hat?
0: Um, yeah, I think I think we're used to it at this point, definitely, especially for, you know, releasing new music. Uh, maybe, like, playing live, you still get a little bit nervous before the show, but uh, when it comes to releasing music, it's like, you know, I, a lot of people miss the point, you know, and they'll hear new music and they'll be like, this sucks, you know, or this, I don't like this, but you know, that that's just not the point. And, uh, you know, so it's just all a good vibe and stuff. So whenever, like, I feel we release, you know, something creative into the world, it's a positive thing. 100%. So I, like, I... Sorry. Go
1: ahead. The nerves. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, no, that kind of, it's like a righteous cause, you know? So it kind of like, it's like nothing to be nervous
1: about. 100%. I can very much appreciate that. I feel that um, r- obviously eight albums into a career, you're always going to have people who are have their own thoughts or opinions on the record. I know that uh, for yourselves kind of evolving the band sound or trying new things has kind of always been on the card, which I think is a very um, admirable thing to do as a band Uh, And I know for this record, it did kind of change the sound a little bit or you guys kind of mix things up a bit. When you're trying new things in the studio, what's the kind of catalyst to um, head in the direction that you're going to take? What makes you decide, yeah, you know what, this is what we're going to try for this record?
0: Uh, Well, you know, if you're lucky, there's always a moment that everybody kind of looks at each other and sort of like nods. um, And that's like a special moment. And, you know, usually that'll happen in the studio. Like I said, if you're lucky and you just kind of chase that feeling, it's really all about just chasing like a good feeling. And if something sounds good, if something sounds like unique, um, you know, you don't really need to explain why. You just got to kind of like chase
1: after it. 100%. Has there been times within the studio? I think that um, I know this one kind of pushes that sound a little bit and I know that previous records, I think Going Grey was um, more like a synth-based record for yourselves. Uh, We've spoken to artists about this before on this podcast and it's with obviously no disrespect to any fans, but um, when it comes to the creation process, the conversation that we've had is that it obviously has to be good for the fans, but it also has to keep yourself and your bandmates engaged and it has to keep it interesting for you guys or else you're kind of just almost doing the photocopy version of the same thing time and time again. Absolutely.
0: And I think, you know, the true fans really do appreciate that and really do appreciate when, um, you know, there's some experimentation or, you know, because there's always, there's always the old stuff to listen to and the new stuff to listen to. So, um, I think that, yeah, like the people that get it can really, like, really enjoy it. Um, for sure. 100%. Has
1: there, has there ever been a moment where you've experimented too far, where you've gone too, (laughs) too far with the sound that you're like, oh, maybe that's not us.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, that's part of the process as well. And that's usually like very early on in the process.
1: If you um, if you indulge me in, in such, Brian, I'd love to know kind of like what the process is for yourself. Like when you're inspired and when you kind of get an idea for a song, how does that process usually play out? Like, are you someone who will hear a melody line first, or do you have like a, um, a like a notes app full of kind of different lines of songs or lyrics?
0: Yeah, exactly. I have a you know a big notes app. I think that's kind of the way to do it, and I just kind of jot down you know, all day long or whenever I get inspired like phrases or things that sound unique, like physically to say. And, and then I just have like all those notes uh, down and usually I'll let the words like make the melody. And then it's just kind of about trying to find like some clunky guitar part to put behind it, like for me. And then I try to find, figure out like another part and usually I'll write the song parts. So I'll write like one part and then I'll have, you know, a bunch of parts. And then eventually one part will just lyrically make sense with another part. And it's usually Mm -hmm. lyrically because I do kind of approach it from like a poet's standpoint. And when I'm writing, I'll be writing like all of these parts at the same time and not intentionally, but just kind of naturally, they'll all have like the same themes or they'll have, like, uh, the same emotional connection. So things will just kind of start to fit together uh, naturally. And that's kind of of how I do it. I just kind of, like, I let the words make the melody. Or, you know, it could go the other way around. And I usually start with words, uh, but I could be playing guitar or, like, you know, sitting at a piano. And, like, you you know, know how it is. If you hear a chord, sometimes you just can't explain it. You're like... Oh okay I'm going to like play that one over and over again and then you'll find the second one and then all of a sudden there's like a four chord thing you have and then at that point that's when you go into the the notes app and you know I I feel fortunate I've been like kind of really relying on my feelings and my emotions so a lot of times it just makes sense you know like a lyric will make sense with four chords just because of the feeling of it and you know just kind of Uh, nurturing that and, and like staying creative. And that's kind of what it's always been about. And like being human, a human, you know, like kind of understanding that it's. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's going to be like kind of a flawed thing that you come up with, but that's like also the point.
1: I did kind of love that. I'm curious, is that always... Been the process for yourself? Like, what um, what originally got you into songwriting back in the day?
0: Yeah, totally. I think it was. Uh, yeah, o- I always kind of would write and just kind of like free write, and uh, I still do kind of like spend a lot of time free writing. And uh, when I was younger, that's that's basically was where it came from. Just kind of like having journals and stuff, and then getting a guitar, and then hanging out with people that were like starting a band, basically Matt. And then we started a (laughs) band and then that's kind of, you know, just kind of how it developed. And that's always how it was. Like I wasn't in like 10 bands and Matt wasn't in a bunch of bands. It was like, we just kind of specifically found each other and kind of put this together, like sort of like, you know, meant to be or whatever.
1: I do love that. Um, with this latest record, I was wondering if you might indulge us. We are, yeah, as you can probably guess, primarily a songwriting podcast. Um, I was wondering if you would be able to walk um, us through one of my favorite uh, songs on the latest record. I really loved Brick, which kind of comes at the tail end of the record. Um, I was wondering if you might be able to talk us through like, how that song came about or the creation of that song.
0: Totally. that one, I mean, that one in particular developed... Uh, over a very like kind of long period of time. And there was a lot of experimentation in particular with the piano. And for a long time, I remember me and Matt just kind of getting into the room when we had like more or less the final version of it. And we had Eric Romero, who is our guy who he engineers like when we have uh want to get demos or something like that. He plays most of the instruments on the album and he plays guitar with us live he's awesome. And we would basically have him play the song and I would play the piano. I'm not very good at piano. So it kind of be kind of loose. And Matt would play the drums and that's how we would get kind of those extra sounds in there. And, um, you know, yeah, the, the development of the song I'm trying to think really, it was that lyric, like find a brick, write my name on it. And it was like, I was talking about, you know, when i don't know if you'll know about or you know what i'm talking about but like sometimes like at a library or something they'll have a thing where you can donate money to the library and they'll put like your family's name like on the brick and they'll put it like in the drive yeah so like that was kind of like the inspiration for that lyric and then like you know that just kind of how it develops and i'm trying to think of some other oh yeah actually that was one of the ideas where it was like I was in the studio and I had the chorus and I was kind of like singing it over and over again and I was like why don't I just sing it a acapella and then we could put like the chords around it I basically had Eric play the guitar chords around it so that's you know like a bunch of different little techniques that we experimented with with that song
1: I absolutely love that thank you for sharing that with us I do appreciate absolutely. you <laughs> kind of talking us through it um as mentioned right at the top, um, you're coming back in April for a run of shows. I know along with this album, there's one or two other releases, I think in the time since you've been here, how do you determine what's going to make um, the set list for when you're coming back to to a country that you kind of haven't played in a while and you want to be able to showcase both this album, you are who you hang out with, but also I think there was another EP and another album before that. So yeah. How do you find that balance in in picking the songs?
0: Absolutely. It's a process, you know, it is a process and every night basically before the show me and Matt and the band will sit down and Matt will on his laptop, will basically discuss the set list and you know, what went good last night, what went didn't do good le- the other night. And we are a band that will uh, switch up the set list every night just cause it's like kind of important for our own like sanity. So, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically how it happens. You know, we'll just kind of, uh, you know, go through it and, you know, change it up. And we'll probably, you know, also we always play like a lot of songs. So like a lot of different songs from a lot of different albums. That's just like as a band. So that's kind of always how we've done it. We've never been a band that's like, oh, we released this album. So we're just going to only play that album. So it's mm-hmm. kind of always been like part of the process. Um But yeah, we're definitely going to give give the people what they want you know when we come to australia you're going to play all the hits
1: that's very exciting to hear um <laughs> has there been a song from the the new record because it's always interesting like um we've spoken to some others about this when you release an album and kind of when it's in the studio and a song is one thing and then when you take it on the road sometimes it kind of turns into a whole different thing whether that's the arrangement whether it's like a a reaction that you weren't expecting for a certain song. Has there been a song from the the most recent record from last year's album that kind of has surprised you in terms of its, its live reaction or how you've kind of perceived the song in its live environment?
0: Totally. I mean, a song like Paris, which is like definitely Mm -hmm. a slower song for us. Um, when we play it in the set, it like, you know, it's, you use it as like, uh, Um, like, okay, let's like calm everything down now. And that was a song that I was like, oh, wow, everybody's really vibing to this song and you can kind of see the audience sway into it. And, you know, that's kind of like a cool vibe.
1: absolutely love that. Well, I know that there are a lot of people in Australia, excited to see, as I mentioned, I think you're doing a full tour. You're coming, we're, we're based in Adelaide, which I'm not sure if you've played previously. I know you've done the East Coast a few times, but I'm very excited that there, it's a full run of dates for, for this tour. Um, Brian, what we would usually do is ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that's kind of on high rotation for yourself?
0: Let me have a, let me have a look at my phone real quick. Uh, I've been listening to Pronoun. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was a band that I came across and you know what I I, I've been listening to this thing where they send you a um a new album every day but it's like classical yeah it's like classic albums it's like based off a book it's like uh like a thousand and one albums you should listen to before you die so basically every Mm -hmm. morning they send you like the wikipedia link and um the spot the spotify link and so today was like uh So that's basically what I've been doing every morning when I wake up, just trying to like listen to music that I basically know that I should know. Like today was Otis Redding, um, you know, sing Mm -hmm. soul. to the Otis Blue, that album, I, I never listened to the album. I know Otis Redding obviously, but I never listened to this album. So it's just like an opportunity to like listen to new stuff that I haven't really heard. Like, you know, like Leonard Cohen, or um, I'm trying to think other ones that I've been getting like, uh, you know, Nina Simone or uh, like Simon and Garfunkel or even the Rolling Stones, like, that bleed. That's like, I really have no interest in listening to that album, but it's important, you know, in the history of music. And when I listen to it, I'm like, wow, there's like a lot of hits on here. I get it, you know, <laughs> like the Stooges and like Stevie Wonder, like the Go-Go's, I'm just reading through, like an Iron Maiden album, Alice Cooper. So it's, that's basically how I've been going about it.
1: I kind of love that though. That's sick. That sounds like a really cool um, service or I'm not sure waves you've signed up to that for, but that sounds kind of awesome to be able to take some of the guesswork out of like what you're going to listen to, but also revisit some of those um like building blocks of like popular music, I guess.
0: Absolutely. Like the fundamentals and like, you know, it's, it's hard to f- sometimes I'm like, I wish somebody would just tell me about an album that like I'm going to hate, you know, like, <laughs> Call them and be like, here, here's an album and you're going to hate it, but it's going to be important for you to listen to it because it's like, it's an important piece of art, you know? And, and so that's, it's like, that's the kind of the mindset that I go into it with. Not that I'm going to hate it, but just that it's important to listen to something that, you know, I never listened to before.
1: 100%. And look, I'm, I'm curious. And you, if if you'd like, you don't have to name it. You don't have to dox them. Has there been an album so far that, has been critically acclaimed and, and recommended and that you've listened to and been like, no, nah, it's not really it.
0: <laughs> oh
1: let me think for this saying
0: Honestly, no, not really, you know. Okay. Yeah. Like That's like I was
1: pretty good structure. Right? Like,
0: yeah. You know, like like I was saying, like I always try to approach it with like actually wait, dude. Let me let me take that back real quick. Um <laughs> <laughs> Because there is like you know uh, there's some stuff that's like very experimental that I'm like oh mm. wow this is pretty experimental like something like like one of these albums that I like Sid Barrett you know him okay yeah like uh <laughs> his album you know like I listened to that and I was like I know that you know like I understand it's critically acclaimed but that was something that I was just like no I, I'll skip this one next time you know I feel bad even saying that. That's crazy.
1: No, I like I know what you mean though. It it's a thing of a number of these records are extremely popular and as we've said, like they've kind of been a touchstone in pop culture and music history. But like you can't have 30 to 40 or a thousand and one as the book is like albums resonate with every single person. There are gonna be some that are just not for you, and that's totally fair as well.
0: A hundred percent. Okay, wait, dude, how about this one? Um, the birthday party. That's an Australian Ooh. thing, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Never. I never heard of them or anything like that, but they, I got that album uh, one day and I, I was like, I thought it was horrible.
1: It, yeah, it's, um, but that's, some of it's this like stuff very
0: popular, right?
1: <laughs> it, it. So that band like kind of formed Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds from there. And so it's almost like they pushed oh, through that to get oh, to a better stage. So some of that earlier stuff I will agree with, I might not revisit time and time bad. again. It was the, yeah, album was it? It was
0: <laughs> Junkyard.
1: Yeah. I, which it was, yeah.
0: that, like it looks like a classic album. Like I recognize the album cover and everything like that. And then I listened to it. I was like, oh wow, this is, this feels like art music to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, very spot on. Well, <laughs> oh, Yeah, right on. That's incredible. Um, Brian, thank you so much for sharing that. I absolutely love that. Um, again, very excited to see yourself and the Front Bottoms down here in April in Australia. Um, tickets are on sale. Now we'll make sure that they're available in this podcast for people to buy. But um, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. I do appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, man. Thank you very much. And I'll see you over there.